Broadcasting from the center of the universe. His universe. He's 90% bourbon and 10% man. It's the Ricky Worley Show. Here's your host, Ricky Worley. Well, we have officially made it to December. The end is near. It's almost time to say sayonara 2020. Ricky Worley here, joined alongside my co-host Paige Loxley. Welcome back. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. Um, we got a great show coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking relationships, conspiracy theories, you know, Christmas right around the corner, Thanksgiving's over, we've done that. Uh, so we got a lot going on in this show. Looking forward to it. So uh, first things first, uh, our drinks, of course, got to get to that. What are you having? Something different or are you doing the same, same as last week? Well, I went down to my favorite liquor store and met up with my gin-sipping sister from another mister. Is this somebody that works there or just a random lady you met? No, someone that works there. Oh, okay. um, she's really she's really cool, very knowledgeable about her gin. So she recommended a couple of gins. I posted some pictures on my Insta and kind of wasn't decided what I was going to do. So I, I felt like monkeying around a little bit. So I'm drinking Monkey 47. Monkey 47 gin. So where's this from? England? Yes. Nice. Well, I am having, okay, so I'm having a medicinal bourbon today. Um, and I'll, I'll explain that in just a moment. But I am having Buckhorn Bourbon, uh, of course, from Kentucky. I'm calling it Dr. Dr. Buckhorn today because, uh, well, first let me get this poured. So, uh, so, so I went home for Thanksgiving, North Carolina. Had a great time, got to visit with the family and everything. Uh, coming home, starting to feel a little funny in my, my nose, my throat. Uh, starting to get like a little bit of a cold. So, uh, yeah, so kind of explored that for a few days and different symptoms every day. It went on, went on. So now I'm doing uh, what they're calling isolation. I don't know the difference between that and quarantining. But anyway, I'm staying home. So I'm home uh, in a home studio doing this show. You are uh, obviously not here. I am at home in my home studio, socially distancing far from you. <laughs> yeah, so as long as this doesn't... Uh, uh, tra- I love you, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't transmit through the microphone, so I think we're good. Uh, so yeah, I'm having Buckhorn Bourbon. Uh, I'm calling it Dr. Buckhorn for the day. All right, sounds nice. And it's good. It's my little hotty toddy uh, for my throat. As you can th- I sounded like a little nasally today. You sound good. Well, good. I'm feeling better every day. A little bit better, a little bit better. So last week we did a Thanksgiving joke. You know, Christmas is right around the corner. And after the show aired, uh, I got a text from my friend Becky and she sent me a Christmas joke. And I was like, you know, what? let's let's run with that. Like, let's do a joke at the beginning of the show that, uh, you know, comes in from a listener, one that we come up with. Uh, so I'm going to tell uh, Becky's joke first. And then I have one and I you've prepared one. So Becky sent me this. Why is Santa Claus immune to COVID-19? Okay, why? Because he has Santa bodies. (laughs) (laughs) I've had too much gin. (laughs) Already. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. So, uh, yeah. So going forward, I get on social media, uh, Ricky Worley Show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You uh, now have some social media. You're on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Paige Loxley, right? Correct. And uh, bring me your jokes, bring me your drink ideas, anything that you can you can think I would enjoy. Yeah, bring it on. I mean, we're real people, so interact with us. 
Um, all right, so you've got a Christmas joke or holiday joke. Yes. So um, this one's a little naughty. I, we're starting uh, to expect that from you, I think, after last week's joke. <laughs> oh, well, yes, that was a little difficult to listen to. That was to, good. So. That was a good. All right. Well, this one's a little cleaner, but still on the naughty side. Brought to you by one of my good friends. She's got a great sense of humor. She's my rock climbing buddy. Anyway, without further ado, why does Santa always come through the chimney? Uh, I, I have no idea. Because he knows better than to try the back door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got, uh, I actually have a couple more for you. I have make sure I save these, but they're too good. So uh, this is kind of a long form joke. All right, last time you told the long joke and I had just like a little punchline. So here we go. So three men, they died on Christmas Eve, and they were met by St. Peter at the Pearly Gates. He said, in honor of this holy season, you must each possess something that symbolizes Christmas in order to get into heaven. The first man fumbles through his pockets. He pulls out a lighter. He flicks it on. He says, this represents a candle. Very well. You may pass through the Pearly Gates, St. Peter said. The second man reaches in his pocket, pulls out a set of keys, and he shakes them. These are bells said, you may also pass through the pearly gates. The third man starts to fumble around in his pockets. He finally pulls out a pair of women's panties. St. Peter looked at the man, raised an eyebrow, and says, and just what does that symbolize? The man replies, these are carols. <laughs> and I, one more quick one. What do priests and Christmas trees have in common? I'm not going to go there, but you tell me what. Their balls are just ornamental. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of drinking, a uh, story came out today I thought kind of interesting. Queen Elizabeth is launching a gin uh, <gasps> Yeah, that's made with plants grown at her holiday home in Sandringham. Really? Yeah, the gin uh, is distilled in small batches, so they're going to sell it for 67 bucks a bottle. Bad news, though, it's only selling in the UK, so you got to go there, I guess, to pick it up, which is kind of difficult at the moment. Well, I will be in London over Christmas, so on Boxing Day, so... Perfect. Interestingly, this is not the first time that the royal family uh, has experienced with liquor. Over the summer, the Buckingham Palace launched their very own gin um, with a bunch of the ingredients that came from the backyard of Queen Elizabeth's London home, Buckingham Palace. I've seen the bottle. It's actually really stunning. Uh, it, it, it's just, there's no way to describe it. It's got a, a wreath of flowers and very nicely designed with light blue. And um, So you're a big gin drinker. Um, how, how are you drinking your gin? Is you just gin and tonic on rocks? Do you put lime, cucumber? Well, I um, do a couple of things. Mm -hmm. um, lime is my go-to. Cucumber is very nice with something that's a little more junipery. Yeah. It softens it a little bit. Then if you have a sipping gin, you don't really need anything, but I do like to put a little little bit of uh, juniper berry depending on the notes that are in there or if it's got a minty note, I'll put a sprig of mint in there. Even use rosemary sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have these infusion bags with all kinds of botanicals in them. So sometimes I'll use the, the rose infusion um, with 
depending on what gin. I, I like the Hendrix Summer Solstice with the rose infusion. And it's very nice, light summer drink. Well, from the royal family, the recommended way to serve this gin is by pouring a measure of the gin into an ice-filled short tumbler and then top it with tonic and garnish with a slice of lemon, which is funny because I always drink my gin and tonics with lime or cucumber. Um, I've seen uh, people use, like for the gunpowder gin, they'll use grapefruit, which is unusual. So really, I guess any kind of citrus that works Yeah, any good. kind of citrus, or if you prefer savory, you can use juniper berries. I've even used basil in my gin before, uh, which is really nice. And I also serve my gin in what's called a copa glass. It's similar to a wine glass, just a little thicker. And for some reason, the bowl of the copa glass allows the flavors of the gin to mingle and you, you're able to taste the flavors as you're drinking it. It, it does make a huge difference. The size yeah, I'm Googling it now. I've never, never seen this before, but yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's no secret that the 94-year-old monarch, the queen, she enjoys her daily cocktail, uh, which is gin and dubonnet, or dubonnet, I would assume is how you pronounce that. I don't know. I've never heard of that. I had to look it up. So she drinks uh, gin and dubonnet or dubonnet with a slice of lemon and a lot of ice just before lunch. So she's not even waiting till cocktail hour. Good for her. I guess when you're 94, you can do what you want. Well, it seem, want. I mean, she seems to be healthy as can be. So, but yeah, so I, I did look it up because I don't know what this Dubonnet Dubonnet is, but it's a sweet aromatized wine uh, based apertif. So it's a fortified wine with herbs, spices. Yeah, so oh, that's okay. what the queen drinks. Well, I'm looking at that right now, and it looks quite lovely, actually. I think you have to pick up a bottle, and next, next week we'll, you can have a, uh, a royal cocktail. I think I will. So this is not a secret. Uh, booze packs on the pounds, uh, but apparently there's been a study recently that came out uh, from Health Central that uh, says what you drink and how much you drink obviously affects the size of your waistline. The type of alcohol that is consumed seems to contribute differently to the accumulation of the abdominal fat. So would you like to take a guess on what you think contributes to your waistline more so than other alcohol drinks? Well, I would say wine. So you think, certainly. yeah, because it's sugary. Yes. Um, please don't say gin. <laughs> So Health Central says that actually wine drinkers have the least abdominal fat, while liquor drinkers have the highest. That's interesting. Yeah, and I don't know, because I, I do know that they say champagne is actually pretty good for you to drink as far as sugar content versus other wines. Um, but when it comes to liquor, I'm guessing it's because of the mixers that you put in it. You know, the rum and coke or a whiskey ginger or whatever adds to those calories and adds to the waistline. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I do know that male drinkers are more prone to weight gain as compared to females, but I don't know which alcohol causes more weight gain. Uh, beer causes a lot of weight gain. Yeah, and I think I think that's just because of the sheer amount of consumption. You, you know, drink beer after beer after beer. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, interesting study from Health Central. We got to take a quick break, uh, but stick around because next we are talking conspiracy theories and holiday food. Here's more of the Ricky Worley Show coming up.
All right, we are back. The Ricky Worley Show. My co-host Paige Loxley joining me virtually as I'm not feeling so hot today. Uh, Paige just went through Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I went up to North Carolina. Apparently, that's where I got my lovely cold. Hopefully, cold. I did. We did send out a uh, COVID test, waiting on that to come back, and I'm just hanging out at home. Well, I hope it's negative, and I hope you're on the mend. Yeah. No, getting better every day. So. Uh, Herbal life, herbal life. Uh, you, it's those annoying people on Facebook. They're always trying to sell you crap, right? It's like a pyramid scheme kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, they they did a study. Uh, herbal life nutrition recently surveyed two thousand Americans, and they revealed that fifty six percent are using the holidays as an excuse to postpone their healthy choices. I don't feel like this is news to anybody. Not for me. I mean, I feel like we all kind of go nuts at the holidays and then, you know, January rolls around and we're back in the gym, you know, trying to sweat the turkey off or mac and cheese. <laughs> or all the cookies that happen at Christmas time that everyone brings over and you have no choice but to graciously accept and eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, respondents claim that they're going to be starting fresh in January like we do every year. Uh, but this poll also revealed that 43% have broken a diet due to the temptation of holiday food. Like you mentioned, the the cookies, the eggnog, which not a big fan of the eggnog. I would just rather have my whiskey straight. Yeah, I don't know that where eggnog started. I don't either. It's like, a, I mean, if you haven't had eggnog, it's like a milky, but it's like thick, like, like sweetened condensed milk, and it does have eggs in it, right? It does. And um, I mean, it's traditional. Yeah, eggs and booze. It's traditionally a a Christmas drink. I don't see it any other time of the year. Um, So here, it's it's traditionally made with milk, cream, sugar, whipped egg whites, and egg yolks. And then whatever rum. I think it's rum, right? I think that's what you put in it. Yeah, rum, brandy, um, or bourbon. Oh, well, maybe I need to put some bourbon in it. Um. That sounds nice. You could use some cinnamon, anise, um, anything, I guess, to dress it up. Something to to Christmas it up a little bit. I don't know. It's just a little, it's just, it's odd. I feel like I could put it in my coffee for cream or something, but to just drink it straight, it's a little, little odd. Yeah, it feels too much like drinking raw egg. It's a little thick like egg yolk. Anyway, the the average respondent uh, to this poll expects to gain seven pounds over the course of this holiday season. The survey also found that the added stress of everything happening in 2020, of course, uh, may have a big role in why more people want to spoil themselves this winter. I think there's a lot of comfort eating going on right now because of COVID, not getting out and and doing your normal routine. Yeah, but another thing this year, I feel like the feasts or whatever are going to be smaller because the gatherings are smaller, no? From what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. family members and friends, they are smaller this year. So, like, people are foregoing to do, like, the, the Thanksgiving, the whole big turkey they were doing, just the turkey breast, like we talked about last week. Maybe, maybe everybody won't put on quite as much as they thought they were going to. So, 6 in 10 Americans, so 61%, feel like they deserve to indulge this holiday season because of the stress caused by 2020. How do you feel about that? 2020... All bets are off, right? Like, I, I, I'm kind of like, screw it with everything. Like, don't put your pants on in the morning. Like, just lounge around the house. Start drinking, you know, like the queen before lunch. Like, it, it's 2020. Do what you want to do. I have a hard time finding an excuse to to do things like that. 
it's just a weird year and like i said at the top of the show i'm gl- i'm glad it's december and it's almost over and hopefully we can like wash this bad omen of 2020 off you know everybody on new year's eve burn some sage or something like we, we gotta do something <laughs> exactly a sage smudge uh over 2020 just to make a, a nice clean sweep for 2021 yeah i think we'll be referring to it as the roaring 20s again but not for the fun 20s like last century uh so so holiday food what's your favorite like thanksgiving christmas dish well i love the mashed potatoes stuffing and cranberry for thanksgiving See, i don't like stuffing that uh, don't that don't do it for me it's full of carbs, but it's so good. It's like For, it's like bread mush. I don't like it. Well, it's a good bread mush. I'm not but hating it. I'm with you with mashed potatoes. I can get behind that. I love mashed potatoes, especially the more garlic and butter, the better. At Christmas time, my favorite dish to make for family is my coriander maple glazed carrots. They're the little Ooh. baby carrots. Yeah, like the um, long, the, the, the bougie ones. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But they're so pretty, all mm-hmm. different colors. And you get a little sweet in there with the maple glaze and a nice little um, fresh zing with the coriander. Nice. I'll put the recipe on my Instagram. Oh, yeah. So everybody check out Paige Loxley on Instagram. And you also have your Facebook page. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have a dish. I kind of do it all. Um, my wife, Cynthia, she hers is mac and cheese. Like She's put like 300 different cheeses in there, cream. Uh, it's a heart attack waiting to happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of do everything else. The turkey, I've the green had, beans. I've had Cynthia's mac and cheese, and it is to die for. I would die a happy death, so bring it on. Well, you just might if you have it, so... <laughs> Moving on, um, conspiracy theories. This is interesting because of something that uh, recently happened. We'll get to it. But first, I want to ask you, um, do you, A, do you believe in conspiracy theories? And if so, like, which one or ones do you think are true? All right. So. I love them, first of all, because I think, A, I usually don't believe them. B, it's just entertaining. It's good fun, I think. Yeah, it's it's amusing to hear uh, kind of the the crazy correlations from how a person goes from point A to point B. But then, they, like, they take it too far sometimes. You're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. A- absolutely. Now, I'm I'm more of a logic person. Mm-hmm. I want to see the data right behind the claim. Yeah, yeah. I I take a more investigative approach to things like that. And sometimes I'm, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Right. Um, but some of these conspiracy theories coming out about COVID are just... Um, yeah, you know, I like that one because, well, before the election, you can't do this really now, but they said, oh, COVID was just to get, you know, a certain politician out of office. I'm like, really? Like, if that's what you want to go with, the whole world went in with that? Like, everybody was like, okay, yeah, we're going to, you know, just for the American election, we're all gonna pretend COVID or I just that one I, I can't get behind. Yeah, that that one's a little far fetched. Here's another one I can't get behind. Well, there's actually a lot of them, but one <laughs> is my favorite: blaming the new five G network. Oh, on COVID. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm just happy to have my phones a lot faster now that I got the the new iPhone. Exactly. 
but but people are saying that the virus is being spread through the 5G network. That's a new one. Here's one that um, on it on its face, I don't believe it just like straight up the way I'm about to tell you this conspiracy theory that I know you've heard before. Uh, right now, the fourth seat, I think it's fourth season of the crown is out. Uh, Cynthia and I are slowly getting through it. But one of the biggest conspiracy theories was that the royal family arranged that whole thing to kill Diana in the tunnel. Um, I've, when it first happened, of mm-hmm. course, you probably weren't born. I know I was. I remember watching all that stuff on the news. You know, there's a few times in your life where, like, the world shuts down and all you do is watch the news. And for me, at, like, I think of maybe, like, three, three or four instances. 9-11 for one, uh, obviously. Uh, I remember that. I remember when Diana died. The whole thing, the funeral. I mean, we were glued to our TVs for days. I, I don't know if you were, but in my household, that we were glued. The Michael Jackson death, that was a big one. Um, but one that's kind of weird, but I just remember it so vividly and like watching all the coverage. When Anna Nicole Smith died. I did watch a lot of the coverage there. And yes, like you, I was glued to the TV when Diana w- died. Well, the Anna Nicole thing, that was like America's white trash, like, soap opera. Like, it was, you know, the mother who was like a sheriff down in Texas, then all the baby daddies. But yeah, anyway, back to Diana. So I was alive, and I do remember that, watching all that that footage back in the day. I think one of mine was um, David Koresh and the Waco incident. Oh, okay. So I knew nothing about that. Uh, but they did a Netflix like uh, mini series type thing, like six episodes or whatever. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, they. Yeah, you got to watch that. It's called Waco, and it's on Netflix. Um, so a new conspiracy theory that's kind of come up in the past couple weeks. Uh, do you see that that monolith that mysteriously showed up in the Arizona? Oh, Utah desert. It was in Utah, I believe. I have seen photographs of that. What have you heard about it? So it it just popped up, and apparently this is like such a remote site. Like it's not like you can just drive up, you know, I ninety five and get off, and you know. So it's in this random place. I think it's like park rangers or the no, it's the Bureau of Land Management found it, and it was there. And they're like, we don't know how this got here, and then it just disappeared. Like a few days later, it's gone. That's interesting. So you've seen it. You're looking at it right now. You've got it pulled up because I know uh, you were aware of it. I I don't know. My my first inclination would be, all right, let's look at forensics. Any footprints around there? How is it just standing upright? Is it embedded in the dirt? What's going on here? Well, and then how heavy is it? How could it possibly be transported? Well, and I think this weekend or early this week, it showed up in now the same thing structure showed up in Romania. All right, now that's bizarre. Is it the same structure or a similar structure? It's well, I mean it's hard to say if it's the same structure. First of all, the the US Bureau of Land Management didn't even didn't know how it got there and didn't know how it was removed and then now it's showing up somewhere something that looks very similar. So I don't know if it's the actual same one, but in Romania, worlds away from Utah. Now, I didn't hear about the Romanian one, but I am looking at it, and it is... Very similar, uh, right? Very similar, yes. There is some machining to it. So, weird. So, this is either a joke, or I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't really buy into conspiracy theories, so I I think it's somebody trying to 
pull one over. The U.S. Bureau of Land Management reassure, reassured the public that whoever took this 10 to 12 foot metal object from the desert location was not from out of this world. So they're saying they're discounting the aliens. All right. Well, um, that's a good thing. Yeah. So a little, little relief there. You know, this is, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on with the transition of power in this country. But I, there's been a movement I've seen online for uh, President Trump uh, before he leaves to release the, the classified documents about what's going on, like in the desert out there. In uh, was it Roswell? And what is the current position? Well, I mean, as with everything with President Trump, who knows, right? <laughs> but now that this is happening, and I mean, it's 2020, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's either funny or it's, it's really weird. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't call it funny, but I'm, I'm looking at the structure itself, and it definitely looks like it's been welded. It's, it looks like it's had a pattern etched into it and it's a consistent pattern that one would be able to make easily with our with tools from home depot yeah the object itself is not you know bizarre by you know any stretch of the imagination but the way that it appeared in utah they were saying that there's no roads there like to get that there you've got to have a certain type of vehicle it's uh it's it's not uh something that's relatively easy to do uh, but now this same monolith, they're calling it, this statue that was in Romania, has now disappeared from Romania as well. So where is it going to end up next? Yeah, as far as conspiracy theories, I was like, this is, this, is, this is a fun one. Well, it's a contemporary one for sure. For sure. we got to take another quick break. Uh, I need a refill. Uh, and I've got to prepare for this next segment because we are going to be talking about how to keep a guy interested and what guys think about first dates. So stick around, we'll be right back. We are back, Ricky Whirly Show. Ricky Whirly here alongside my co-host Paige Laxley. We have refreshed our drinks. You are enjoying that monkey something gin. Monkey 47. Monkey 47. What is 47? Do you know what the 47 is? 47 botanicals. I'm not sure, but it tastes really good. All right. Nice. Well, we are moving on to uh, relationships, dating, all that fun stuff. Uh, so here we go. We've got uh, from Match.com. They have come up with seven ways for women. So this is going to be interesting coming from me and your response uh, of how to keep a man interested in you. So again, this is from Match.com. I did not come up with this list. So you got a problem? Write them. Uh, all right. So number one, first tip to keep a guy interested, have a life. I would agree with that. He will see that you're someone with stuff going on, and he's going to wonder what you're up to now. I think that's, that's a good, uh, good tip. I think last week we were talking about a friend who, uh, I don't what was the, the word? Uh, it, you know, where you made, the, it made their whole life about the person that they're seeing. Apocalyptic? Yes. So when you do that, it's almost like you don't have a life outside of that person. Big turnoff. It is... A surprise when you can keep your partner 
interested and step outside of the relationship, have different experiences, bring mm-hmm. those experiences back into the relationship. It keeps things fresh and inst- interesting. Well, you have something to talk about. Exactly. Number two, a uh, way to keep a guy interested, according to Match.com, call the shots. Invite him to do something outside the box with you. I've done that before. You've done that with me. Like, let's get outside of the house and the air condition and do something outside. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we enjoy having you along on our outdoor excursions because... Even if I bitch the whole time. We need a bartender. Well, you know, actually, uh, we posted this on Instagram. Uh, We went home for Thanksgiving. Uh, My wife has never shot a firearm. She's from Colombia, South America, and... uh, Wait, she's a Colombian and never shot a firearm? Yeah, well, you know, it's not that prevalent, like you might think, down there. Uh, So so we went home. My dad has, you know, his arsenal. So we went down. We've got some land and went and shot in the field down there. You know, invited her to do something kind of out of the box. She, you know, it's an, an important skill to have. Uh, I know you're a pretty good shot. Um, thank you. Yeah, I was actually just at um, a good friend's house, uh, Nancy and her husband, Renee. He brought out his arsenal, and we had a great time on their 15 acres. Yeah, no, that's nice. So, yeah, do something outside of the box, something um, that they don't usually do. Number three, uh, way to keep a guy interested in you, according to Match.com, stir his senses. Wear a subtle and alluring scent. When he hugs you close, he'll be drawing you in with every breath he takes. Well, what is your favorite fragrance? Um, that's a hard one. I So I, uh, free plug here for them, uh, subscribe to uh, it, it's Scentbox or Scentbird, something like that. But anyway, they send you uh, once a month a little vial of um, different scents. Um, these you know big name colognes. Uh, so I kind of switch it up every month, whatever I get. You know, you can line up your queue. It's like how Netflix used to be, and they mail you the thing every every uh, every month. What is your favorite scent of a woman? Wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I So I have Cynthia on the same thing. So she gets her scents as well, um, but there are certain ones. Like every time I go to like a department store or like a duty-free in an airport, I like to go smell the scents and then kind of make a note of things for her to try. So I think there, there's like a pink one. I think it's from like Coco Chanel or something. I don't know. I like the I like the um, like fruitier kind of scents and not so much floral because that's a little too old lady for me. I would agree with that. For me, my signature scent is Dolce Gabbana Light Blue. Just because it's fresh and easy, I prefer a citrus. Mm-hmm. However... Um, When you talk about men being interested and their libido starts to awaken, the fragrance that is most associated with that, from my understanding, is vanilla or like a coconut. Well, that's interesting because when I buy like candles or whatever the house, I always buy like a coconut or a vanilla. And I like it. My wife the other day, though, said, "I, I hate the way vanilla smells. I don't know if there's there's something there, but but I'll tell you what, ladies, uh, most men, as long as you don't smell like a dumpster, <laughs> it, it's fine. Whatever you put on, as long as it's here's I'll 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 say this, as long as like I said, florally, it doesn't smell like your grandma, because that's not gonna be a turn on. If I smell that, and go, oh yeah, that smells like my you know my mammy. Well, wait a minute. Let's face it, Ricky. 
If a woman is in your bedroom with no clothing on, are you going to really be worried about the fact that she smells like flowers? I mean, honestly, probably not. <laughs> but I will say they may not get a call back after that. Oh, you're one of those. Well, not me necessarily, but I'm saying you're going to take advantage of the opportunity in front of you. Uh, but you may not, you know, be a repeat buyer there. All right. So uh, number four, according to Match.com, uh, way to keep a guy interested. This is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, wear sexy underwear. Even if you keep all your clothes on, a pair of lacy boy cuts under your jeans will make you feel hot. So maybe maybe it's something psychological. Like you, you know you're wearing sexy underwear. There's like a little confidence boost there. I would agree with that. Whenever I'm wearing nice underwear and it's matching mm -hmm. i i do feel a little more confident well, oomph in your step and there's there's a little secret that i have that just no one else knows until the moment and i enjoy that i saw a meme once online it was like if if she's wearing uh matching underwear this was her idea not yours like she had already pre-planned this evening because she's wearing matching underwear See, I would disagree with that because I'm always wearing matching underwear. I am just a very symmetrical person, so, <laughs> you know, matchy-matchy. It's got to match. My furniture, my drapes, my bedding, my underwear, got to match. So the carpet and the drapes match is what you're saying. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, you, you set that up, so. Uh, Match.com, number five way to keep a guy interested. Feed the fire. Let him know you think he is sexy. Brush lightly against his shoulder as you walk by him. Tell him you like those pants he's wearing, even if they have holes in them. Give him the look. Keep him interested. Feed that fire. I will have to remember that. Yeah, I mean, these aren't... I, I don't they feel like we're, you know, doing anything groundbreaking here with this list. Uh, so, moving on. Match.com, number six way to keep a guy interested. Kiss to impress. With an unforgettable kiss like that, you'll be guaranteed to hold his interest. Now, there's a lot to be said about the kiss. I agree. I mean, I have in the past kissed people that it's like a dead fish or... I mean, I've never kissed a corpse, <laughs> but I feel like maybe I have. Well, see, there's a couple of different kinds of kisses, and maybe mm -hmm. we can go into that on the next show. If the first kiss is amazing, the next kiss will happen. And if it's bad from the get-go, that's it. Yeah, there's no point. There's just no chemistry, um, you know, and I'm not in a position to teach someone. So, so you say, like, that first kiss is kind of a make or break, so it's got to be good or not. Uh, interestingly, I dated a girl years ago. Um, first date, we went out. Uh, didn't like her hands. And I was like, this is a, no, like, can't, like, held her hand and they were like, it threw me off. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And that was it. One date and done. Well, but a person can't help with the anatomy they're born with. Yeah, of course. And that's fine. And this girl is now married and somebody else likes it. But for me, you know, there's things, how, however minor or superficial they may be. If something, you see it, and it bothers you or turns you off, you're not going to be able to get around that. I agree. 
you know, there's certain things you can learn to live with, but it's something, especially on day one, I'm like, oh no, I can't, can't do that. Well, and it's respectful to the other person not to waste their time. Yeah, don't drag it out. No, and that, and that was it. So, and like I said, she's married yeah. happily, I assume. Uh, so our list of seven ways to keep a guy interested, match.com. Number seven, stay in touch. Shoot him an email, quick phone call, say hello, let him know that he is on your mind. On that note, how do you feel about the, um, you know, in today's contemporary age, we have mm-hmm. the advantage of texting mm-hmm. and emailing and, uh, you know. I've never sent an email to a woman, like a date, like just for the record. Well, how do you, I mean, how do you feel about it? Because it seems like the trend is to sit behind your keyboard or your phone's keyboard mm-hmm. and text a message. Oh, really enjoyed our date last night. Can't wait to talk with you again. Well, pick up the phone. You're, you've got it in your hand. You just texted me. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a generational thing. Um, it's it's almost like equating um, writing letters and sending them in the post versus picking up the phone and calling or sending a telegram, you know? I think it's just something of the times that, that has changed. So, yeah, maybe a phone might be, a phone call might be more romantic, just like writing, a, you know, penning a letter would be. Uh, but I think it's just a sign of the times. Penning a letter is the ultimate in romantic. Oh yeah, it's a panty dropper for sure. It it is, especially if you can construct it well, and you know your grammar and handwriting, your punctuation and handwriting. If you can still write cursive, they're not teaching cursive anymore in school. What the heck's up with that? I know. How the hell are you going to sign your name? You can't. I mean, just like put an X. Like that's where we're going. <laughs> of course, I just well, got a new apartment, and our lease. I never signed one piece of paperwork. It's all a virtual signature. Like you don't. There's no signature anymore. It's all through DocuSign. I'm in the yeah. process of um, building a house, yeah. and all the documents have been through the uh, DocuSign. Yeah, it's website. weird. So moving on, a uh, different article. This is from um, you know my favorite magazine, Women's Health. <laughs> they asked men about first dates. Fifty-two percent of the guys that they asked about first dates said don't bear it all you don't need to flash a lot of flesh on that first date well said plus they prefer to uncover it themselves okay note to self 66 percent say skip the salad the guys want you to order the sirloin steak already did you ever do that go on a date and you're like oh i'll just have a little something small of course I did. Yeah. What is that? It's like uh, trying to be dainty, feminine type thing. Not like I'll have the, the porterhouse. Well, unfortunately, a salad isn't necessarily the, the most dainty because when it comes to your table and they've essentially left all the leaves of the head of salad whole, you can't really stuff that into your mouth very gracefully. Oh, yeah. You got to saw it apart. So this is an interesting one. 74% of the guys they uh, interviewed say grab the check. I do that. Guys think it's a total turn-on when a woman insists on paying for all or half of the bill. I do that, especially, you know, when when you're on the first, second, third date. You know, if you're using the dating sites mm-hmm. and 
you're going on a lot of dates, for, for you guys, that can get really expensive. And it, it just isn't fair when you're meeting somebody for the first time to expect them to pick up the check. In some way, shape, or form, it should be reciprocal. Whether I get your tip, you know, I get the tip for dinner, or... Oh, she's going to get the tip, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I'm i a little old school with this, I think. I'll tell you this, though. I appreciate the fake... Oh, 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 let me, let me, right? That I'm cool with. But after I say, no, I got it, I got it. Yeah, and that's just maybe a modern thing. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's modern, but I mean, I appreciate the the chivalry behind the man taking you out for a meal. It, it's. I mean, I assume I asked you to the meal, so you know, it was my invitation. I'm taking you out. Like I said, maybe I, it's an antiquated old you know thought process, but. Yeah, I, I don't, I never have been on a date and expected anything, not even the tip. Well, I think on balance, both are acceptable. Yeah, but like I said, the, the oh, 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 no, let me, oh, oh, the, the fake fight over the bill, and then let me have it. Yeah, I, I'm not a, I don't do that. So you just snatch it up, and you're like, no, I'm paying for it. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but I'm not going to fake it until I have to. <laughs> <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> So according to this uh, study from Women's Health about first dates, 91% say don't hurry love. What is that? That was a Diana Ross song or something? You can't hurry love. Yeah, I agree with that. Some women are agenda driven. So guys are saying they'd rather have a second date, but no physical action with a woman that they're attracted to than just like a meaningless one night hookup with a girl that they won't see again. So it's like, uh, it's kind of contrary, I feel, that to what we've all been led to believe like that we go on the date we go home we you know put on a show on netflix that we pretend like we're gonna watch and then bada bing bada boom according to this women's health about uh survey with men about first dates 47 percent say hang up the men polled found that incessant texting or phone calls during a date is a bigger turnoff than actually checking out another guy so apparently this is maybe another modern problem where they won't get off their freaking phone i agree that's annoying um, yeah, I agree with that one. 70% of men say plan it together. Guys would prefer to find the perfect date spot with you. That's another one. I When I was dating, I hated that. The the pressure of trying to come up with the date. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah, I agree with that one. And then, however, I've had experiences where we have come up with a plan together. And then it fall apart at the last minute. And that was specifically because the person wasn't really interested in what we came up with. And I mean, for me, typically a first date, I, I like to do a daytime date because there's a lot less pressure. Mm-hmm. And if you could do what I would call a play date, you can sit and enjoy Like Legos enjoy or something? Well, no, not Legos. <laughs> Bike riding, hiking, wh- whatever you may be into, you can enjoy it together in a low-key no pressure way and get to know each other in that way yeah and talk that's like and, like a movie for a first date that was like a high school thing when i was growing up i don't know about you but like why why go to a movie other than you want to you know get a little fill up or something like that but you know you don't talk you don't get to know each other it was like yeah going to the movie was code for make out yeah exactly 
Uh, so next on our list, women's health asks men about the first date. 80% of guys, now think about this, 80% say they would rather the woman make the first move. I understand that. So I'm, I'm going to say I understand that in the world we find ourselves in now. Yes. Uh, Me Too movement, um, that kind of thing. I think that guys are probably a little more cautious now, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, 80% of guys say make the first move, and they will thank you for that. I, I completely understand that. While I don't necessarily think in traditional views that it's appropriate for a woman to be making too forward. the first move or too forward because that can be perceived as aggressive. I do think that maybe a mutual conversation is better so that you have an understanding about where you're each at. But how how sexy is that to to have a conversation like, okay, I'm ready for you to kiss me or, you know, it's it's not sexy, but there there are That's what know, is that what we've come to? Is that where we're at? Communication is mostly body language anyway. Mm-hmm. So you can communicate those things mutually to your partner without having to say a word. And that signals permission to move forward. And, you know, I, I'll say this as a, a man. I would not be upset if the woman made the first move. I mean... And I think most men are probably like that. I think there's a few small, tiny percentage of men that would find that like, oh, oh, too much, you know, a little overbearing. But honestly, uh, uh, speaking on behalf of men everywhere, um, <laughs> we're dumb and we don't know what you want. I want my man to be a gentleman. I want him to open the door for me. I want him to be mysterious, to create mysterious events or thrilling, exciting events. We want it all. There's no one thing. And, and that's and why you got to put down the Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't read Nicholas Sparks. Um, but Just the know, other books with the naked guy on the cover. I, I still think that chivalry and being a gentleman is always quintessentially the the most appropriate course of action. And if it's the woman making the first move or the guy making the first move, you always make points with doing the right thing, holding the door open, opening the car door, being kind to your wait staff, being kind to other people. I mean, that go, it goes a long way. And there you go, your lesson for Miss Manners, Paige Loxley. <laughs> I'll be quiet about Miss Manners. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We are, uh, again, going to top up our drinks. And uh, we've got more. Uh, Ten things that guys want to say to women, but they do not. More of the Ricky Whirly Show after this. All right, we are back, uh, Ricky Worley Show. We are a little, uh, little off track here. Uh, we were talking in the break about, uh, well, this came up, rim jobs, and so okay, so 
If you don't know what that is, last week we introduced our listeners to the Urban Dictionary. So if you don't know what a rim job is, uh, go to urbandictionary.com, type in rim job, and uh, yeah, so there you go. All right, so you were talking about Facebook and rim jobs, which... Well, it wasn't Facebook and rim jobs. Okay. It was um, an event occurred where a, co- <laughs> where a colleague was speaking with someone and they were having a conversation between the three or four of them. But the conversation somehow led to her yelling out, what's a rim job? And I heard this off you know, the side, I, it, it, and it just struck me because I heard her loud voice saying, what's a rim job? And I'm like, oh my God, she's saying this and we're in a professional setting. <laughs> what is going on? So I pulled her over the, to the side and I said, okay, so do you know what a rim job is? And she says, no, what is it? And so I whisper her in her ears the definition of a rim job. And she goes, oh my God. And every one of the men who heard the initial conversation started busting out laughing at her realization of what it was. Of what it was. So she goes off in one direction mortified. I go off in another direction. About 15 minutes later, I come back and the one of the men approaches me and says, hey, look, you know, I, I, I really didn't mean any disrespect by this. I, you know, um, it was just a spur of the moment conversation. And, you know, you know, like rim job s- comes up, you know, just an everyday yeah, conversation. Right. In yeah, everyday of, conversation. Of course, yeah. And I said, don't worry, I didn't tell your boss. And he says, oh, thank God, you know, but to this day, we're still friends on Facebook. And I, you know, those are one of those things you never forget and you can't really. Yeah, you never forget your first REM job. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Um, (laughs) moving on from that. All right, so we're moving on to another one of my favorite magazines, uh, Glamour. That's how I stay so glamorous. Uh, Here are 10 things guys want to say to women, but they don't. Oh, this should be good. Yeah, and I, I implore you now, next week's show, we're gonna do a segment. I'm not gonna know anything about it. 10 things women want to say to men, but don't. So that's your that's your homework for the week. I'm on it. All right. All right. Number one from Glamour Magazine. Too much makeup. What is too much? Well, if I can claw it off with my fingernails, <laughs> that's too much. Uh, another thing, I'm going to get prosecuted for this. Because uh, my in-laws are all Latinas. Uh, the eyebrow thing? What's going on with that? Not just Latinas. Everybody's doing it. The Kardashians, my sisters, everybody's doing it. It's it's like caterpillars across their forehead. The unibrow? Uh, like, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where we go back like to the 80s or 70s and like the bell bottoms and the long hair. I'm like, what the hell were we thinking? The eyebrows, that's going to be a thing. And we're going to look at those pictures and go, you know, like the, like in the 80s, the big hair, the big bangs. We're going to go back and be like, what were we doing with our eyebrows? No, no, no. We're never going to do that because here's the deal. It became popular to really thin out your eyebrows. Oh, yeah. That was like in the 90s, like paper right. thin. Yeah, you would, they would shave them and then do the pencil line. 
Right. So when you over pluck, you know, at some point you ruin the follicle and it's not going to grow back. Yeah, but now we're like painting on and they look like you know, like cavemen. We're in the, it does not look like cavemen. We're Come in the on. generation. No, it does not. And then I love when it abruptly stops like right above your nose, like a straight line, like not even like just like a fading of the eyebrow, just, just stops. You know, I'm checking my eyebrows right now, don't you? <laughs> 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 um, well, no, it's, we're of the genre. So think about it. When, when the women of the late 80s and 90s were thinning out their eyebrows because it was popular, mm-hmm. now we're, we're aging and it's more youthful to have a thicker eyebrow. Hence, the pencil or the It's not a pencil. It looks like a damn Sharpie that they just like <laughs> scribbled above their eye. It's, it's a lot. I don't, I don't understand that. But too much makeup, yeah, that's a big turnoff. Because um, it makes me think, what, what do you look like at night? And am I going to wake up the next morning and go, ah! <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like uh, the equivalent of a guy with a beard, right? You've seen that, where like a guy looks, you know, that's why I do it. I got my nice facial hair, look pretty good. If I shaved, I'd look like a 12-year-old boy. And, uh, you know, it's, that's our version of makeup. Well, see, you have the advantage of having a lovely wife. She's got a beautiful uh, skin tone. She looks great with or without makeup. She doesn't and have a caterpillar above her eye. No, she doesn't. She's very, she's a classic beauty. And so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, because she didn't wear too much makeup. So that's what I'm saying. If you wear too much makeup... It makes this question. It's kind of like spandex, and then you get them home for the night. You take it off, and it goes, <laughs> and it all falls out. Well, you know, we've had some of those. We women have had those experiences as well. Yeah. Is he a shower or is he a grower? A hundred percent. So that will be next week, and your ten things women want to say to guys but don't. All right, I'm going to do my homework. In fact, I am going to. Check in with my besties and yeah, see get some their- input. Put it out on your social. Everybody, go to Paige Loxley's page. Let her know what do you want to say to a man, but you just don't. Number two, ten things guys want to say to women, but they do not. And we were talking about this earlier in the show. Please, please, order more than a salad. I will remember that next time I have a date. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of boring, and I feel like it. It makes you seem boring intrigue us order the fish tacos well and we don't get the brisket but we don't want to also part of that might be um wanting to be a little mannered and not wanting to break your budget i see that i can see that uh but there's other things i just feel like salad's a little too dainty although it also depends on the meal if it's lunch i'm gonna say that's appropriate I would agree with that. But for your dinner, chicken piccata, right? Go for the good stuff. Get the veal. I'm liking scallops with risotto. Yeah. Something Del Mar. Get the whole C. <laughs> All right, back to our list. Glamour. Ten things guys want to say to women, but they do not. Number three, they all look like cubic zirconia to me. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so you you can tell me right now. That you can tell the difference between a diamond and cubic zirconium. Absolutely. Yes. Shall we test this in real life? Yeah, you're going to buy a diamond and cubic zirconium and bring it over? 
No, 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 no. We're going to go to a diamond store. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Let's go to the diamond store. We'll go on location. All right. We'll make a video. Absolutely. You will know the answer and I will pick and see if I can tell the difference. And then vice versa, we'll flip it and you've got to pick the diamond. I like this one, this one, this one. Yep. All right. All right. Done. We're doing it. Every kiss begins with K or we're going to K Jewelers. K Jewelers or do you want, do you want to go to Jared? I've always wanted to meet Jared. Oh, yeah. What's what's the Jared slogan? I can't even remember. Every kiss begins with K. Um. Jared. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jared. Get it at Jared or... Um. That's a good slogan if your name's Jared. Get it at Jared. <laughs> All right. Next on our list, glamour. Ten things guys want to say to women, but they do not. I heard a noise. Can you go check it out? <laughs> if a man said that to me. Hey, honey, you hear that? What was that? <laughs> I will tell you this. Um, I'm not going to say it's f- because she's from Colombia, but she handles roaches. No, no, I was going to say better than I do, but I-, I take that back. So, okay, a little disclosure. I'm a-, a soaker. I like to take a bath. I love baths. I don't know. It's it's a thing. I get up in the morning, have my coffee, lay in the tub, whatever. I'm laying in the tub the other day, just like three weeks ago. We live in Florida. I hear the most ear-piercing, deafening scream I've ever heard in my life from my wife. I come flying out of that bathtub. First of all, I heard the garbage disposal in the sink was going off. So she had it on. So I hear the, it's grounding up, whatever probably the limes from our drink the night before i hear this scream i come flying out of my bathtub thinking my wife's hand has been like chewed up demolished yeah by the garbage disposal and she sees when i come into the kitchen this look of like terror on my face and starts laughing (laughs) Was 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 she laughing at your expression or something else instantly pisses me off because I thought she just died. Someone broke in. She ground her hand. I don't know. She's cracking up, like crying. She's laughing so hard. And she goes, there was a roach in the sink. I just shook my head, walked away, and went back to my relaxing bath. You're in a new building. How is that possible? I don't know if it's because it's a new building and... There were bugs in here to begin with, and we got to get rid of them. I don't know. But, yeah, so, and it's Florida on top of that. I mean, we got roaches That's fair. everywhere. I, I never in my life have been so terrified, honestly. I thought, I was like, oh, my God, my wife just lost her hand. And then I go in, she's cracking up because of a roach. <laughs> All right, back to our list. Glamour, 10 things guys want to say to women, but they do not. Number five. Could you possibly maybe do that thing my ex-girlfriend used to do? (gasps) What? This is the list of things guys want to say to women, but they don't. Could you do that thing that Sarah used to do? Yeah. I'd say it's pretty wise to not say that, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to say that. Um, he can say it in a different way. Mm, yeah, like, uh... What about a rim job? <laughs> what about a rim job? I mean, you said you were adventurous, babe. 
Number six on our list of things guys want to say to women, but they don't. I think your mom's kind of sexy. <gasps> Which I will, first of all, let, let's, let's, let's clear the air on that. Us men have always been taught, when it comes to finding a woman, you look at what the mother looks like. I agree with that. So if your mother-in-law or potential mother-in-law is hot, then you're good to go, right? I would say that's fair. Yeah. And my mother-in-law is pretty good looking, so I'm just saying. She is beautiful. Yeah. So number six, I think your mom's kind of sexy. Nothing to be mad about there. Like, And I think that you will be sexy when you're, not that my mother-in-law is 80, but 80 or, you know, whatever. Oh, are you saying me personally? Well, for instance, you have a daughter. Yes, I do. Is she's she married? 36. She's not. So, 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 so she's, I assume, dating or, you know, they should look to Paige Loxley, how she is today in her current state. And that would be a good gauge for, you know, what might happen with your daughter. Well, my daughter takes really good care of herself. So, <laughs> so you're saying, like, don't look at me. This is, this is not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, as she ages, we do look more and more alike. Yeah, I find that. It's it's really strange. I mean, when she was younger, she looked more like her father's side, and now she's looking more like my side of the family. Mm -hmm. And um, people have often said that we look alike, and people have also confused us with, as sisters, whether they were being polite well, or Well, cheers not. to you. I know, I know. And that was, like, not recently. <laughs> 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 but... But, you know, she takes really good care of herself. But not only that, she's a good human being. So, um, you know, bonus all the way around. Uh, number six on our list from Glamour. Ten things guys want to say to women, but they do not. Uh, so we were just talking about the mother. Number seven, frankly, I'm scared of your dad. Yeah. I think that's pretty healthy. I think uh, most father-in-laws want their son-in-laws to be scared of them. I think they do. Uh, number eight, shoot. Honey, don't ask me again. I can't figure out the damn iPod either. iPod? Yeah, well, that was my first thought when I saw this. I was like, okay, first of all, who the hell still has an iPod? What year was that? No, this is a new issue of Glamour. No, I mean, what year was the iPod? Oh. I mean, this is... Well, I remember, like, when the iPhone came out, no they still... No wonder the guy can't figure it out. Yeah. Well, well, that's true. Like, I probably don't know how to use the iPod. I remember you had to, like, click, and there was a wheel, and... It was, I don't it was, even remember that. I, you couldn't just touch the screen, any, you know, back then. Things have changed. Yeah, I don't even remember. I mean, I remember my first cell phone. It was the size of a brick, and you couldn't walk away, you know, more than 100 feet from the car, but... Oh, yeah. So you had, like, the briefcase iPhone. Yes. I don't remember ever having that, but we had a car phone, and it was in the, it was in the driver's seat, uh, and it had a cord, and we yep. had an antenna, like, sticking out the top like we were, you know, you know, WYFF news, whatever. But, yeah, we could make calls on, on the road. We're on the way. Uh, moving on on our list, Glamour's list of ten things guys want to say to women, but they do not. Number nine, nice rack. I've had men tell me that. They haven't so, held back. So, so, so how do you take that? Is that a, uh, like, are you... You know, I don't know... How to take that? No, I know how to take it. Um, I just don't understand why men 
do it? Because what do they think? We're going to drop trowel right there and just go at it? Yeah, I you think know, it's like it's, a... It's like not a, a compliment. <laughs> well, okay, so I will say, on again, behalf of men, I think it is a compliment the way they're saying it. I, in a way, it's two things. It's, it's a compliment in saying, I am interested in you. Well, no, it's actually not saying they're interested in me. They're interested in my rack. What do I look like, a 10-point deer? <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's the best... respect It's not the, the best approach, but I think men mean it, A, in the way of, I'm interested in you, I like you, I think you're pretty, blah, blah, blah. And number two, can we throw down right now? So it's kind of like uh, putting it out there to see if you're going to bite. You know, it's like, you know, men love to fish. It's like fishing. Yeah, it's floating the balloon to see if they're, you know... To see if you get a little nibble. Right. And I, I mean, I would much rather hear from a guy... I'm going to regret saying this, but I'd much <laughs> rather hear a guy say, Hey, you want to go hook up? You want to go throw it out? Just straight up. Just straight up be be honest about it. You're like Paula be, Abdul. Be straight up, tell me. <laughs> you know, I just don't want to hear. Oh, you got a nice rack. Yeah, yeah, nice tits. You're, really? Yeah. That's yeah. all you have. Yeah. That is as creative as you can get. Well, no, I think it's it's like the most primitive way of saying, "Hey, I'm interested in you. You want to hook up?" It's, then why yeah. don't you just grunt? I mean, <laughs> what was that? Uh, Tim Allen did that. <laughs> uh, well, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's a great comedy um, sketch. Yeah, it, it just just grunt and be done with it. All right, last thing on our list from Glamour: ten things guys want to say to women, but they do not. Number ten: Shh, you're gonna wake my roommate. Why would a man ever say shh? Isn't that a badge of honor where the man is pleasing the woman so much so that she's a little High noisy? High five. Next day, yeah. Right. Like, what's up, bro? I heard you. Yeah, if he's saying, shh, you're going to wake my roommate, it's because his roommate is his mother. <laughs> and you should run. Run. Yeah, that I wouldn't even get past the door if his roommate were his mother. So there you go. Uh, top 10 things guys want to say to women, but they don't from Glamour Magazine. Next week, we are going to have top 10 things women want to say to guys from Paige Loxley. I am not looking forward to defending the acts of men. So this this will be interesting. You're going to be surprised. I actually just revealed one. No woman wants to hear. My roommate's my mom. <laughs> Not gonna go well for yeah, you. Yeah, but women like you know men that are close to their mothers. Hi, mom. No, they don't. No. Oh, okay. No, they don't. All right, quick break. We are gonna be right back. We got one more, uh, one more segment. This is gonna be interesting. Uh, what is what defines an essential business during this whole COVID nonsense? Uh, we're gonna talk about it when we get back. And we are back, Ricky Whirly Show, Paige Loxley alongside. So one of the most confusing things about this whole COVID-19 situation has been what businesses and activities are considered essential. So I know that you, for a period of time, lived in California. Uh, in California, 
these marijuana dispensaries and liquor stores, at, uh, liquor stores really across the nation, have remained open while gyms and churches have been shut down. Multiple churches in California actually have sued over the shutdowns and their non-essential designation. It's interesting. I wonder if, because early on in the COVID, if you remember synagogues in the Northeast were having high numbers of COVID cases. Oh, yeah. There was like a Jewish community in New York, I think. Yes. They were having, yeah. Well, and just recently there was uh, like a big wedding a big in a synagogue in New York that like there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. But yeah, so it's it's interesting where we are, where churches and gyms are non-essential, uh, but marijuana and liquor is. Well, you know, for some people, the bottle is their cathedral. Well, I remember hearing this months ago and they were saying, well, if we shut down the liquor store the hospitals are going to be overrun from people going through withdrawal. And so it was better, in their opinion, to keep liquor stores open. Well, I can see that. So anyway, a strip club in California challenged these shutdown orders in court. They went to court and they said that their business is legally protected speech guaranteed by the First Amendment. On November 12th, a San Diego Superior Court judge ordered that the county temporarily reopen strip clubs pending a full hearing at the end of the month. How is a strip club essential? Somehow they associated uh, shaking your tatas as free speech. Uh, so, yeah, so since being able to provide live adult entertainment uh, as a protective right, at least in the, the one county in San Diego, um, there's been a pastor, Rob McCoy. He's from Godspeak Calvary Chapel in Ventura County. So you lived in California. Where's Ventura County? Uh, San Di well, I lived in San Diego. Ventura County is north of San Diego. Like Carlsbad, maybe? Area. No, it's just outside of L.A. Okay. So before his sermon, in order to uh, keep his church open, Pastor Rob McCoy had striptease music piped into his congregation as he danced and gyrated on the pulpit he took his tie off and threw it into the congregation love his creativity i mean if the strip club can be open so can god speak calvary church and what better cause to strip than a striptease for god <laughs> many of his uh his members that went to his church were holding up dollar bills and cheering on their multi-talented pastor Hey, I like I like his creativity. I mean, I I feel like so many businesses ha have had to do that. I mean, calling your church a business, but dance around these restrictions, these laws. I know there's a lot of craziness going up in the state of Michigan. Very creative, Mr. Uh, Rob McCoy. Uh, after a few good laughs, the pastor, his message actually focused on what he called the increased prosecution of churches that they're facing during this pandemic and shutdowns and the tyrannical, his words, rule uh, being embraced by so many people. So very interesting. Yeah, it, it it's interesting that, you know, churches are not essential, which mm -hmm. speaks to someone's spiritual and emotional well-being. Strip clubs and liquor stores are essential. I understand the, the liquor withdrawal could create an issue with our medical professionals and yeah, don't, don't the understand that with the strippers though don't understand it with the strippers not whatsoever because there are other forms of adult entertainment where you can social distance you can 
well, <laughs> let's face it, there, there are a lot of people who live in their mother's basements who are using the computer for adult entertainment. Yeah, it's a little hard to social distance from a lap dance. It is. You know, I, I think churches have gotten real creative with virtual services. The Zoom meetings or other forms of internet meetings for church services. Hey, it's kind of everybody in, in this COVID world. You, you do what you got to do to survive, and that's, that's how things are. And hopefully moving forward for 2021, we won't have to deal with this. That's it. Burn the sage. We are done with this year. Last month, stick it through, guys. Cross your fingers, cross your toes. Have a swig of bourbon, gin, whatever. Paige, that is our show. Follow us on social media. Follow Paige Loxley, Facebook, Instagram. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, I don't know. I, it's, I feel like it's a dying form. I, 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 well, yeah, I have had to turn off Twitter Yeah. at, at least for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on it. We're on it. It's uh, it's like a duty. Like I feel like we have to do it. But anyway, Instagram is, and Twitter—that's yeah. the fun stuff. At Ricky Worley, uh, check out RickyWorley.com. Uh, you can see all the show. There's some information there. Uh, you can write us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We want to hear your jokes. Next week, we're gonna have more jokes. We're gonna start the show every week with dad jokes, cheesy jokes, dirty jokes. Doesn't matter. We want to hear it. Uh, and make sure you subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. Leave us a review, five stars, four stars. Tell us you hate us. It's important to help. You know, this is a new show. Uh, so share it with your friends if you like what we're doing. Uh, probably don't send it to your grandma. Next week, Paige Loxley is going to have the list, the ultimate list, 10 things women want to say to men, but they don't. Ladies, I want to hear from you. Message me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Let me know those things that you've always wanted to say to a man. You just didn't. You just couldn't couldn't bring yourself to do it. Also, send me those jokes as well. We'd love to hear from you. More Christmas yeah. jokes. We got a few more weeks till uh, till Christmas. And we look forward to seeing you, hearing you next Wednesday, right here, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.